And uh, everybody knows that I like my sensibilities tickled. On the Rate Rate Radio. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Florian and Spencer. You'd love it. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. They're fucking full of shit. Well, I was fearful of safety. Bowl After Bowl. Shout out. Shout out. There's no doubt about it. They were going hog wild. Well, the bowl after bowl guy? Clothing is optional, but pot is not. I love Sir Spencer. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard in podcasting. Listen, we may be a little high. Well, cat might be out of the bag, but that's all right. We're just friends here. You're in the bowl. That makes you a bowler. Thanks for joining us. It is the last day of January, thirty-first, in fact, of twenty twenty-three. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf Kansas City, and I'm Dame Delorean, and you are listening to episode two hundred and twenty-one. Of this bowl after bowl thing that we keep rolling week after week, Tuesday after Tuesday, bowl after bowl. Always great to have you with us. And it's always great to be here. Oh, yeah. I should also mention our extra co-host, Baby Sam. Oh, yeah. In case he chimes in tonight. I'm sure he might have something to say. Yeah, probably. He's already been on a roll, so we'll see how it goes. See what he brings to the table. Yeah, he had to get a word in on our bowls with buds That's that we right. did Friday with the lovely Vox of Complex Candor. Yeah, we had Vox join us. That was excellent. Yeah, that was time. a great time. And uh, it'd been a while since we did a bowls with buds. That was the first one of this year. So it's good to uh, sit down and hear what Vox was all about. You can check that out at bowlswithbuds.com. That and all of the other uh, bowls with buds interviews are kept there, just uh, sorted out. It'll give you those episodes sorted out by tag. Uh, speaking of Bowls with Buds, we've got another one coming up this week we're very excited about. And I hopefully have all of the info right. I kind of hastily updated it uh, right before the show on the RSS feed, but you should see that in scheduled programs. If you use CurioCaster, CurioCaster.com still, as far as I know, the only one surfacing pending live item tags right now. Uh, but I think it's a brilliant feature to kind of show if uh, feeds have a published pending live item tag. That means you know when the next show is going to be going live. And so you can not only check it out, but you can uh, pre-boost it. Uh, and in fact, now that I say that out loud, pre-boost it, I guarantee you that's what I didn't fix is the split. Because uh, I'm getting Sir Chris Fox set up. Woo! On an Albie wallet. But uh, that's who will be joining us, Sir Chris Vox of Hairball. You may have heard of it. He's coming to town. He's doing a show on Friday. That's all right. At Ameristar. So if anybody's interested in hollering at us, we'll be at that thing. 
Yeah. I still am, I'll probably figure out some kind of a pre-meetup thing. It'll be like a last minute announcement for that, but uh, whatever, whatever. That's how we roll last minute, right? Yeah, it seems to be that way. But uh, We'll have the whole wolf pack in tow. We will. And the Bulls with Buds, the, the idea is, he's got a sound check around three-ish. So it's got to be before that. So what we're going to do is probably go live just before to right at noon on Friday. Mm. And uh, I don't know how uh, ambitious I'll feel about pushing the studio the rest of the way, but we'll at least have a setup where we've got like a guitar plugged in and we can mess around with mics and stuff. So we'll talk, we'll play some songs, uh, he'll play some songs, uh, we'll do whatever, whatever we're feeling, I don't know. I'm gonna kind of just make it up as we go along. Yeah, go with the flow. That's usually how we do things around here. That's how we roll. couldn't tell by now, uh, breaking, breaking news. We kind of just make this up as we go, so we're gonna do that, but with Chris Fox on Friday. I'm excited for that. That should be. In-person bowls are so much fun. They are, They're, it's like a totally different dynamic. It's always interesting. So yeah. Look forward to that, and uh, don't pre-boost it yet. <laughs> Vox is split is still in there. Uh, by the way, those bull uh, bowling pins crashing your hearing, those are live boosts coming into the show, and you can boost us in all those new uh, newfangled podcast apps. Uh, more about that to come. More about that to come. I do have some interesting things that happened over the past week, though. It's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week. Uh, one of the more interesting things, I had a visit from the meat fairy. Uh, not really the meat fairy, but uh, <laughs> he's, it's almost like that because it's Jake from Jake's Steaks who delivers all over the country just in his own van. It's, a, it's incredible the, the amount of miles he's uh, put out there on the road just delivering... Um, Local Missouri grass-fed, grass-finished beef just all over the place, all the way to the coasts. He's everywhere. He'll deliver anywhere. He's a madman. So he dropped by, and uh, I told him, like, I just got the, we just got the new freezer set up in the garage. So I told him, you know, I can do a little bit. I got to, I got to, we got to save money back to really go for the, like, quarter beef that we want to start with. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, I got a couple hundred bucks. We can, you know, do some stuff or whatever. So we figured something out. Uh, get some ground beef. Got some, uh, the kind with the organ meat. I can't, I can't remember exactly what they call that. They have like a, f- f- uh, a funny word for it. Mm. Tasty. <laughs> it is, it is tasty and nutrient dense. It's got, you know, like the liver and heart and stuff in there. All ground up. Uh, but Horstman, Horstman Cattle Company is where that stuff came from. And I think he had, he had several different ranches all represented in this, uh, delivery, but I got more than just beef. He's like all loaded up. So I had, uh, some coffee, whiskey. He had some, uh, other fun things like that in mason jars. Um, finally got some raw milk moonshine moonshine and such raw honey raw milk both of those I loaded up on and I had never actually even had raw milk before like I've read and heard a lot about it obviously 
but it just never really was something that crossed my path in a way where I could be like, oh yeah, I see that raw milk you have, here's my money. So, ended up grabbing a gallon of that. That was so tasty. Creamy. It was creamy. Extra creamy, like, uh, super clean, too. I don't know. I, I've always loved milk. I always drink it out of a store jug. I grew up on skim milk, which is not great. Uh, in the, I don't know, the kind of different shades of milk you have at the grocery store. Was that due to a lactose intolerance? No, it was just, oh. a, I don't know. My dad always drank skim milk growing up, and then he just kept doing it, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. But then when I, at school, I got that 2%, because you could get the skim or 2% at school, or chocolate. Those yeah. are kind of the three options. And so I kind of like 2% more at school. And then it wasn't until I was like an adult, I tried whole milk, like drank whole milk. And I was like, oh God, this is, this is the stuff. All the fat reduced is not, no, it's just not my jam. And now you've tried raw milk. So raw, yeah, it tastes, I expected it to like taste a strikingly different, you know? I don't know why. I just, I don't know, I don't know what I was actually expecting. I was expecting something that was almost like tannish or something, I don't know. But the color of it is almost whiter than the store milk. It's like white as the pure driven snow. Can't explain it, I don't know. And what it is about that. But yeah, it was, it was delicious. Even you liked it. Yeah, I'm not much of a milk drinker. Hence why I stopped growing at four foot ten. Yes, <laughs> that must be it. That must be it. Um, if you're interested in the dude's work, you can go over to jakesteaks.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, too. And uh, he sources out of the Ozarks and just drives it all over the country. And uh Yeah. It's a good option. It's a good option. The beef was delicious. Dan was the one who turned me on to Jake and oh, said, yes. you got to meet this guy, Jake. Dan uh, of the Millennial Media Offensive? That's correct. Dan Gehring. And so I tried him out. I actually first met him in person at the Bitcoin block party that we did in Kansas City, this last one. And then, yeah, showed up at my doorstep the other day. Actually... It was right before we talked to Vox, uh, turns out, last Friday. So we kind of threaded the needle with that. Because uh, I got all his stuff in the freezer maybe about 30 minutes before we started the show. Yeah, and I finally got to meet him. Because I was packing up the booth at the Bitcoin block party. Oh, I didn't know. even know he was there. Yeah, that's just another part about him. is He hustles so hard. Like He always has to be... In another town or another place. So he's always like wrapping up conversations and he's always like, you know, because people around here will talk forever to you. They'll just keep going and going. It's like everybody's a podcaster around here. And people are too polite to bow out. Yeah. And so he knows if he's going to make all the deliveries he needs to make, he just always has to be like, see you later. And you know how to respect his time. That's right. It's respectful of his time. Thanks to Abel Kirby. Yeah, he taught me that. He taught me that. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun little experience. Pretty interesting. Straight to your door. Can't beat that. No, no doubt. No doubt. So yeah, jakesteaks.com. That's where uh, that's where he lives. Always check that out. 
what else do I have for the recap? We Speaking of uh, flying by the seat of our pants and doing uh, last-minute plans, we did do a uh, kind of a low-key KC meetup just because everybody wanted to get together and have lunch. Um, and then a bunch of things came up with, with several people, and it ended up just being uh, uh, Dane Blackhammer and myself and Kirk the Spook. Uh, and I brought the girls. We were all going to go. Dame Blankheimer and C-Mike and their whole family were going to go. It was going to be a much larger gathering. <laughs> but uh, Johnny Manny just got some kind of stomach bug or something. Yeah, sick kid that morning. So, had to call an audible when I went in. Uh, delicious Jack Stack. I love that place. <laughs> and then uh, took the girls to Science City afterward. Yeah, just across the skywalk in Union Station. Yeah, I love it. I love that all that thing is all walkable, so you can get to everything from everything else on foot. But going there on a Saturday was a fool's errand. Uh, it was so packed to the gills. You had to wait for everything. That stinks. And you get to really enjoy people watching on a Saturday, I bet. Bunch of Cincinnati fans all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of those. Makes sense. Both at the barbecue joint and just walking around Union Station. People were, by the way, lined up for like this wild line that wrapped the whole inside of the Grand Hall at Union Station or that like entry room at Union Station. They were all waiting to take their picture next to they got like the Chiefs light up letters things. Oh, yeah. Those big marquee letters. Yeah. Everybody's just taking their picture by that. And it was just like, it was like worse than the mall line to see Santa Claus at like <laughs> the week before Christmas, you know? I couldn't believe how many people were standing in line just to take your picture next to that. Because you remember the first time they did that at Union Station. Yeah. And it was like, you know, there was like a lot of people there, but it wasn't like, if you wanted to go take your picture next to it, it was... There Pretty wasn't a line. Three minutes, you could walk up there and you do it, right? Like, you yeah. just had to wait for that guy to get done, and then you do it. Yeah. Yeah, now there's a big-ass line. You get in there, you're you're there for, gotta be an hour. Ugh. They Min- gotta do it. Minimum. For, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. No, thanks. <laughs> it's crazy. That's like a thing now. Uh, but that was a fun day, and uh, all in all. Yeah, the girls were excited to tell me about it. When they got back home. And I was excited that you brought me some Jack Stack home because I was bummed out about having to miss that delicious barbecue. Ah, I couldn't have it and not bring you some. Yeah. That was a nice surprise. You used the seat warmer to keep it warm all the way home. It worked. The uh, benefits of modern technology. <laughs> Although seat warmers, I don't know. It depends on what kind of uh, car you've had, but they're like pretty old. I remember... Uh, my dad and I went to a Packers game with my grandpa and my uncle and cousins like in the late 90s. And we flew to O'Hare. We flew, from here. we flew from here to Chicago. And then we got a rental car and drove the rest of the way up to Green Bay. We stayed with a friend of his uh, up there in the area. But we got a Lincoln Continental. And it was like the nicest car we'd ever been in. It had the heated seats. That was the first time I ever... Had the heated seats. Might not be a, a bad F-tie. Oh, yeah. Just remember if I sat on a heated seat. Write it down. Sat on a car with a heated seat. Yeah, maybe I'll write it down. The luxury vehicle. Yeah, the luxury vehicle. Crazy. 
It's uh, it's all relative, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? You know what I'm saying? I think I know. Yeah, Casey meetups. If you live in the area, there's a group chat that you keep going. Yeah, uh, I think C Mike made it. He's the creator of it. But yeah, it's just a signal group. That um, we chat and we chat in there. That's right. And sometimes we say, "Hey, let's grab lunch." Send boomer memes, make plans, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. Other than that, I'm just cramming for this exam I got to take. Yeah, that's tomorrow, huh? I get a yeah, a instructor certification thingy. Woo! So I can be official. Official. Yeah. Got to be official. They're like phasing out this program or this uh, the certificate, the, certi- the certification. Yeah. So everybody's trying to like get it really quick while you still can, and then I don't know what we'll do. Then you have it forever, I guess. Well, yeah. Even though it's I irrelevant. Think- I don't know. I think the guys who got it in the past like renew it every X number of years, but obviously that won't be happening anymore. So I don't know. Maybe somebody else will do certifications. There's probably already others that do. I don't know. It's my first time. You got to be easy on me. Oh, there's another first time. Yeah. First time I ever got certified. Yep. First time I ever got certified. We know who's certified to hang out with us. The bowlers. Any and all of the bowlers. And uh, we appreciate you being here and bringing value to the table. This is a value-for-value proposition, uh, and it's all based in value. We do each week. We try to put value into the show and blast it on the airwaves, hoping that some of that lands uh, in the laps of some bowlers. And then each week we kind of uh, thank the bowlers who return the value they receive from the show in uh, many different ways, by the way. It's not just... Um, the beg for money segment, although that is that is a factor, right? That is a way to receive value. But um, well, yeah, when you don't do ads, you have to ask. Yeah, it's it's not even so much as a beg for a handout thing. We're very straightforward about what it all actually means and represents. Like, if it's not worth it, or it's you know you're not getting any value, then we don't expect like you know. Uh, there's people that are like, we expect this number. We expect, uh, no, what what we expect is you just to assess the situation, assess the value that you get out of the show. And honestly, not everybody gets a lot of value from the show. It's not for everybody. But on the other hand, there are bowlers who get a shitload of value from the show. Uh, and there are bowlers everywhere up and down on the spectrum. And so we just ask that uh, you assess what... What's that for you? What's that value look like for you? Because uh, it's, it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. Yeah, don't be a mooch. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I used to do that drop just about every week. And I have gotten out of the habit. But yeah, that's all it's about. It's just uh, kind of this equilibrium we're trying to build. Um, where Everyone puts in and gets out value make a value creating community out of it and so it seems silly at first until you play along Uh, and after a few years it really starts to make sense in the best of ways and we always thank people starting off and i do want to thank our next uh bowls with buds guest because he came in with a big uh, paypal donation 
So that's Sir Chris Vox. I'm pulling up his note right meow. He dropped us in. $42. Ooh, thank you. Appreciate that. He also left a note. Sir Chris Vox checking in. Hope all is well in the bowl. I'm looking forward to seeing both you and the fam next week. Are we doing bowls with buds? If so, I'm down. Heck yes, we're doing bowls with buds. Yeah, so this came in a few days back, and we've been talking the details. We've, uh, we said we want to do it, a, um, God, gosh, it's been probably at least six or seven weeks now. We've been in talks about it, but, um, finally solidified all the details today, earlier today, so. Nice. Uh, really looking forward to that, and thank you so much for the value, Sir Chris Fox. Looking forward to the hairball show and everything. And uh, he was, by the way, the sole PayPal uh, contributor, so thank you very much, sir. We also like to thank all of the crazy boosters out there using uh, the newfangled podcasting apparatus. Uh, all you got to do to find one is you take your clothes off and you go to nudepodcastapps.com and uh, scroll up and down and find one to your suiting. It lists all the different platforms uh, that these apps are available on. And uh, if you are listening live and want to boost live and have all those boosts line up to the proper splits, uh, right now your options are CurioCaster, Podverse, uh, or if you're running your own node and want to do it from the command line, BoostCLI will allow you to boost the live tag for proper splittage. Uh, I did kind of, I don't know, it just kind of dawned on me how to handle the, the fountain lives which is just to take out a calculator and add up all of the boosts that come in from Fountain during a live and then just reboost that to the published episode once it's published and then all the splits will go right, you know, if that makes sense. Rerun the boost through the updated split value. Uh, it's a bit convoluted, but it makes sure that Vox gets her proper split from all those boosts that came in from Fountain. Yeah, this so is why we need the live item tag. Yeah, rocking yeah. and rolling. It'll it'll come uh, very soon. I know that uh, Oscar's been talking a lot about live item lately on different shows, uh, including he talked with Kyron on the Value for Value uh, podcast that Kyron does. Nice. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But in the meantime, that's our workaround. It just kind of dawned on me. And then Pfeiffer said he did a similar thing with the. Uh, the folk hour boosts so i know that uh others are out there kind of using the same workaround so i'm comfortable with it so that's how we're gonna <laughs> so you know it's the only choice we've got really uh what else do we have oh yes we we usually like to scroll back to harv hat's exit boost uh he never fails and he boosted us 1420 sats from boost cli uh, six days ago, as the show was fading out, almost exactly seven days ago. So it's at the uh, end of the last show. Thank you, Harfat. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, next up, 2,000 sats. Uh, 2,000 sats came in from Floydian Slips. And this is a boost for Stay a While Making Beans, but since uh, Ablecraft is no more, and we did our final episode, I figured probably uh would like to keep thanking people for boosting stay a while uh the album that abel kirby and i put out so thank you he says uh i used this song making beans in the intro 
to the latest Podcasting for Value, episode 26. Nice. So Floydian Slips also has a uh, Value for Value podcast about Value for Value podcasting. Uh, and you should check it out. Episode 26, well, the intro, I guess, was uh, Making Beans, of course. He also played the song at the end of the show. And I'm hoping you guys are cool with that, he says. If not, let me know. Cheers. Well, yes, of course. Of course we're cool with this. This is like uh, part of the whole value proposition that we were hoping that would catch on is, um, you know, if, if someone has a artwork out there and then the value tag is out there, then repurposing and boosting or repurposing and, and adding splits um, is kind of a nice way to keep royalties and value built in it just is an extension of the whole value for value process so we appreciate that thank you floydian slips uh let's see what else lots of testing and then i tested vox's split and we have some live boosts for vox by the way she gets a third of all of those and that's why we set guests up on these albi wallets the uh the the split that they get is forever so if people come back and listen to those episodes those old ones and do some, uh, what did Hey Citizen call it? A necro boost? Yeah, necro boost. <laughs> some cold case boosting. <laughs> uh, they'll get those splits still forever and ever. So Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Uh, hey Citizen is our next boost chronologically. So six hours ago. Ah, thank you, Hey Citizen. And he gave us uh, 169.69. Woo! So that's an extendo boost of the... 69! 69, dudes! He was boosting the uh, Bulls with Buds episode we did with Vox. Um, Catching up on that. Out of Podverse. And he says, This world is a terrible place, and it will remain that way until we have an actual dame or knight from the NA round table as the leader of the free world. Hashtag Spencer for president. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? I am... Not that ambitious to be president, let's say. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to do so many things. Yeah. I, I'm trying to do fewer things. <laughs> I want to do less things. I'm not sure if less things are possible, but more things would be impossible. And president, uh, no thank you. But I appreciate the sentiment, don't get me wrong. I would be dictator of the world, maybe. But not uh, not president. Uh, Forty two sixty nine. Harv had opened us up on the live item tag going lit. Every time we smack that uh, pod ping, tell the world that we're lit. Seems like Harfat rolls one in from Boo CLI for forty two sixty nine. Here he is again without fail, like clockwork. Thanks, Harfat. Like absolute clockwork. Uh, Pierre Nessie's back. With 141-141. Big, right. bad baller boost there out of Fountain. Thanks, Piranesi. Yeah, let's see. Got a big strike for him. Thank you very much. And uh, no note. Big, bad sats and no note. So we thank you very much. Shit, I love boosters. Uh, next up is a count up from Fountain. One, two, three, four, five from Bully Steed. Oh, yeah, Bully Steed. Also known as Bully Steed here in the bowl. And uh, she says, Bully Steed approves of this message. The Vox hairball and the Vox bowl with buds. Yes. 
We're going to have back-to-back Vox action. Yeah, Vox after Vox. Going from Vox to Sir Chris Vox. Absolutely out of this world. Just happened to line up that way. How do you like them apples? Next up, out of Fountain again, it's 6969. It's coming from Make Heroism, no note. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. Abel Kirby slapped us with 8888. Aw, Abel, thank you. That's coming out of CurioCaster. And uh, he says, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Wow, that's the whole alphabet. 26 characters. All lowercase, by the way, no spaces. Just in case anybody's curious. No uh, typos either. No typos. Good job. He nailed it. Good job. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. Curry had his... uh, Roadcaster button pushed. Thank you for the value for value. There it is. Um, by the way, he did leave a message on that. Oh no, I'm scrolling up too far. Nine 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 is next. Four Niners from Mary Kate Ultra. Oh, thanks, Mary Kate Ultra. Out of Fountain. Also, no note. It was a quiet intro. So far, Abel Kirby dropped us the alphabet in the last four <laughs> four boosts. Uh. 33,888 sats. Woo woo from uh, G. Guzman. Oh, thank you. That is uh, Guzman of the Midwest. And uh, he says, I get a shitload of value out of Fountain. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate That's that. Excellent to hear. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. And uh, thus we get value from you. We appreciate that. See, it all comes around. All comes around. And uh, next up is Abel Kirby coming back again with the quad eights. 8888. Uh, coming in from CurioCaster. He says, doing the splits. Get between the gymnast legs and boost. <laughs> that was a great Abel impression. It was, was that what I was doing? I think so. Uh, I tried. You better be streaming sats. That's and right. that's what he's doing. Get between the gymnast legs and boost. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much, Abel. And then I've got to check the zeros here. All these zeros get my uh, number dyslexia slapping me in the face. This is 10,000 sats. One zero 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 zero. My eyes are a little cross-eyed looking at it. 10,000 sats from Rev Cyber Trucker out of Fountain. Oh, thanks, Rev. The Rev rolling through. Thank you very much. And he also leaves a note, of course. He says... Boosting live from the Broke Down Hammer Down studio. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We broke down on the side of the road. Got to give uh, give him some rig karma. Hope that uh, you're on the road again soon, my friend. On the road again soon. Thanks, all the boosters. And, of course, there's other ways you can contribute value to the bowl. You can make art. You can make jingles. You can simply pass the bowl to someone you think might like it. Or you can leave a voicemail. Every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever soldered something. So just pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play
That's right. We'll play it, and we will not screen it, so say whatever you want to say. It's a free bowl. Yeah. If we just start dropping phone numbers and shit, we try to, like, bleep it, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know. If you're in a dead zone, you can text us if your voice try to. Text yeah. messages work. Pictures are received. Yep. It all works, people. Just a phone number. 816-607-3663. Um, by the way, I always just play that voicemail, but not often enough do we thank Sir Seat Sitter uh, for coming up with that lovely little... It was a piece of an outro to a dream, our first Dreams episode we did. Yeah, an epic outro. And uh, that section just worked so well to plug the voicemail line that uh, I've used it ever since to, uh, I think, his chagrin that he's expressed before. Yeah. <laughs> he always, like, gets, uh, I don't know, he doesn't like it, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it, too. Thanks, Sir Seat Sitter. And it's just one more way to uh, slide value in. You know, there's many different ways, and talent's definitely one of them. Uh, in fact, I've got a new... Hey, Citizen, drop to <gasps> play for you to lead the show out at the end of the show. All right. I can't wait. So that guy is an absolute inspiration. I'll tell you what. So, yeah, that's why. Stick around. Stick around. You'll hear a Hey, Citizen at the end. End of show. Uh, bull after bull. End of show mix. How do you like them apples? I love them. They're delicious. Another delicious segment that we usually roll into right around now is a segment I like to call... Auntie. Yes, on chain, off chain, cocaine shit stain. It's where we talk about node operations, lightning network, Bitcoin news, all this kind of uh, word salad that you have to toss in order to even talk about uh, using Bitcoin or getting noted up or doing any of this boostagram stuff. You know, we started it because we found ourselves kind of word salading, trying to explain it to others and get everybody else excited about it. And rather than just stop um, being so confusing or talking about these topics, we kind of decided to lean into it. You know, we can't uh, learn or teach without talking about all the weird stuff like channels and liquidity management and uh, all the other bullcrap. Thus the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain. And uh, this week, I uh, did have some local updates. Beers with Bitcoiners. We had a great time last Thursday. Yeah. Tanners and Shawnee. Whole wolf pack showed up. Yeah, brought the whole clan. Eat some chicken lips and talked some Bitcoin. And uh, got invited to attend uh this little shindig in, in fairfield iowa we're probably going to yeah in a couple of weeks so that was a great surprise uh those of you who have been listening a while may know that uh we're big fans of the king of kong documentary and uh also of fun spot up in new hampshire as a result and so one of the main guys in that walter day is getting an award, I think, from uh, Guinness. From the Guinness Book. Yeah, I think they're giving him a plaque as the father of esports. Yes, kind of the father of esports, or like uh, some kind of a lifetime achievement style award. 
and he's simultaneously debuting his new album. He's releasing a music album. And so I was just giddy when our friend Steve Sanders said, hey, you want to go with this? I think you guys might be interested. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Yep. We'll see the whole crew shake Billy Mitchell's hand, do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it'd be a fantastic time. So hopefully we'll get at least a wolf on the prowl report over it. I'm, I'm trying to still debate, do we want to take uh, the rig out there and do that whole thing? Mm. I don't know yet. Maybe we do. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we don't. I would like to just have it just in case. I'd also Probably. like at some point to swing by and see my grandparents if that's possible or feasible. I'm not sure. We'll have to make plans. Yeah. That see would be see awesome. where everyone is at at the time. Cuz it's always touch and go. Uh but yeah, that that was a great time. We are going to have Bitcoiners coffee Friday morning. Those are always early 7:30 a.m. but we meet down at the uh River Market. Uh, thou mayest River Quay location. So, hope to see people there bright and early discussing Bitcoin. My local Bitcoiny boys. As far as the headlines, I don't really have a heck of a lot of action this week, uh, but there were some kind of interesting stories that came out, including on the twenty sixth, just a couple of days after the last bull. Uh, there's a license issue going on in Texas with Prime Trust. And basically, it's resulting in all services that use Prime Trust as their uh, custodian to cut off all Texas users. So Mm -hmm. uh, Texans will not be allowed to buy Bitcoin on Swan or Fold. Those are two of their biggest uh, clients. They can still ex, uh, they can still withdraw funds that they've already purchased, but basically, uh, according to this ish, uh, this story, Swan and Fold already have begun notifying their Texan customers. And if you're from Texas, you can withdraw your coins, but then they will uh, work on closing down your account. Gee. And I guess until this uh, issue is solved, I'll have to turn everybody off. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, pretty nuts, right? Uh, Effective uh, on today, no new accounts can be created in Texas. Any user that tries to open a new account from Texas will receive an error message. A contribution to accounts in Texas are blocked. So if you try to send Bitcoin via Prime Trust to a user who happens to have a Texas address in their account, that will be blocked. That will Mm. get an error message. Uh, the only thing they're not blocking is disbursements from accounts. Craziness. So Prime Trust is over Swan and Fold? They're the liquidity provider. They're the custodian. They're the who actually holds the Bitcoin for those companies, for those services. Wow. Okay. That's so, nasty. Yeah. Basically, if you buy Bitcoin via Fold or if you have rewards pending via Fold, uh, they're in a wallet that Prime Trust has the keys to. Mm, to get them out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you should always be withdrawing that stuff to your own keys anyway. But yeah, they are the trusted third party in the situation. And uh, yeah, that's exactly why you don't want those. Or, you know, if you have Bitcoin, I mean, 
most places you're going to buy, unless you're using some kind of a peer-to-peer um, situation, like BISC, uh, or buying from someone directly at some kind of a Bitcoin meetup, you're not, uh, not going to have a perfect scenario or perfect situation. If you're, if you're using any exchange, um, any of the big exchanges, you're going to be parking your stuff on their wallet until you send it out. So once you buy it, withdraw it just like right away and use a service that lets you withdraw it right away. I know strike, you can pull it out immediately. Uh, that's what I usually use when I'm buying others. Like, uh, I think I've used Voyager long ago when they still were alive. They're dead now. Um, I used them to double up on a, on a promo thing. My dad told me about, of all people, they were doing like a deposit $100 or like buy $100 worth of Bitcoin will give you the other $100 worth, right? And so the 100 that you buy from them yourself, you can pull out in seven days, at least at the time. And then the promo corn they give you after, you could withdraw that in 30 days. So I got all of that out like immediately. Yeah, seven days later, half of it came out and 30 days later, the other half came out. And, you know, now they're dead in the water. So if I hadn't have done that and I just left them in there, my, I don't know what it, what it ended up being. But uh, all of those sats would have been lost forever. Bye-bye, Bitcoin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah. Don't let your corn go down with any of these big ships that just keep sinking. Put it on your own node, man. Run a node and put it on there. You'll be glad you did. Uh, Strike had the big announcement about adding Clover point of sale beta program. So they're onboarding the first merchants to uh, some Clover. They can opt in and pay with Lightning, their payments partner. So the Clovers, you've probably seen them around. They're like, uh, they're always on an iPad type device. And usually that's the big screen where the person will like rotate the register around to you so you can punch in the tip and sign the thing with your finger and all that. Clover. So Clover, you can now do lightning payments in some areas. They're just kind of onboarding on a small test group, essentially. Mm. The first group. Can't just throw it on everybody all at once, I suppose. Got to make sure that uh, all the liquidity is in place so that it runs seamlessly, but... That'll be cool. It'll be cool to see more and more places rolling out. I think Lightning is a great method for just buying drinks or like smaller amounts, you know, of anything. Like if you're going to spend 10 bucks or less, rather do that over Lightning than, you know, be an, be an on-chain transaction that you have to wait for confirmations and you have to pay a higher fee and all that. Definitely. Uh, the app enters a 90-day testing period now that one merchant has begun testing it. And then after that period, any merchant will be able to simply download the app on their Clover devices and start accepting Lightning payments. So this spring, anybody can hop on in. Nice. Anybody can hop on in. So that's cool. That's cute. Uh, the biggest kind of uh, controversy or arguments going on right now in the Bitcoin world are over ordinals, which are... NFTs on Bitcoin. Oh boy. So I don't know. I'm trying to like TLDR this the best I can. 
essentially um, an NFT, a non-fungible token. It's a digital asset that's provably unique, and it's linked sometimes to other physical or digital content like art or movies, the famous monkey JPEGs, that kind of a thing. So um, with Bitcoin, basically the NFT until recently couldn't really be fully stored on the blockchain permanently. But with this taproot uh, upgrade that was recently done, one of the un- unintended consequences was essentially there's no limit now for um, additional witnesses and additional witness information. So you recall L&D breaking two different times due to ridiculous transactions that included a lot of extra witness signatures um, and yeah. thus also resulted in huge fees and uh, made these big blocks that couldn't be parsed by the regular Bitcoin D. Uh, library. So L&D has been patched a couple of times since then, and they're not a problem, but um, basically the result of that is you can now, through that uh, taproot sort of loophole or uh, that taproot functionality, you can encode any data in your transaction as long as it fits in a block itself. And so now the block size is pretty much the maximum size of anything that can be included in a transaction. And so you can include uh, an entire JPEG. You can include a small video file. Because um, it's something like four megabytes is, is the technical full block size uh, uh. limit. And so anything that can fit in a block and be mined can now be included in a transaction. So that's where an NFT comes in. You would include like the entire file in your transaction. And uh, the the technical aspects of it get even more convoluted. I haven't read enough about it, but essentially you stamp those sats associated with that NFT. They become a UTXO. They're together now. Um, eh. There's a lot of debate on both sides. Basically, there's two camps. One camp says... Well, really, there's three camps. One camp is people who are just really into NFTs. And they want to do it on Bitcoin, which is like the best of all the blockchains, and the most used of all the blockchains, right? So that's camp one. They're like, I like NFTs. NFTs on Bitcoin make NFTs even cooler. Uh, Bada boom, right? We'll, we'll call them the monkeys. Okay. The bored monkeys. The second group are like the maxis slash purists who say, all right, you're putting this extra information into blocks that I don't need, but now you're requiring everybody to download that. So every node has to download these friggin' movie files or JPEGs or whatever you're putting into each block, into each transaction, where they didn't before. Now, the good news on that front is just like OP returns, these are prunable pieces of data. So what that means is, as a node is downloading the blockchain, in order to sync the block, they've got to download the whole transaction. But then there are certain pieces of data, like, for instance, the OP return, which is where 
you could transcribe some sort of a message into a block. I think there was like an 80 character limit on that or something very low. Um, but anyway, that would have, that would also be required to be downloaded to verify each block, but then later a node can delete it because it's basically a dead end. Those sats aren't spendable once they're burned onto a OP return or whatever. So they're there forever. They're locked. So you don't need to store those UTXOs, right? Because they're not going anywhere now. Sure. The same is true for the Bitcoin NFTs. Like once they're minted or once they're made or whatever, like it's prunable data. So although you would have to initially, like if you're syncing the blockchain from the beginning, you're going to have to download all of that stuff. But then once you restart or once you do a prune, you can prune the data of your own blockchain, the copy that you keep, and you can prune all of the unnecessary dead ends off, essentially. Best I can explain it anyway. So there's these there's these other two camps that don't care about NFTs or hate NFTs. Um, camp two basically says, hey, you're wasting block space. This isn't part of a transaction. It's just kind of this other bullshit thing that you're jamming in there. It's not an intended use case, etc." And then there's a third camp that shrugs their shoulders and says, well, Bitcoin doesn't care. It's permissionless. These people are going to make NFTs on it. Uh, I don't care about NFTs, but that's the way the protocol does. I can really see all sides, uh, and I really don't have a hound in the race yeah. to bet on. So it's like, yeah, blockchain NFTs are now a thing. People are doing it. Yeah. Am people. I going to buy one? Not really. I don't. I don't find... I don't find a super interesting use of it myself. Uh, but there's a lot of people very hyped on it. The pros, I guess, include the we could bring back a slightly higher fee environment. F f that's good for the miners. It's a pro for miners. Mm. But not necessarily for the rest of everybody doing layer one transactions. Because essentially now you're going to be competing for block space and competing to get your transaction pushed through uh, in an environment where people are paying higher fees to have bigger transactions. And so these prioritized transactions are going to take up a lot of block space. I don't know. We'll see how much it affects the uh, network. The last time I was on Mempool, and fuck, I'll just pull it up right now. Might as well. Uh, currently the Mempool is five blocks deep. So... There are also one sat per virtual byte transactions in the next block as of right now. Low priority is looking like two sats per virtual byte. So uh, on a Monday night, you know, that's about normal to sleepy. It's not like a crazy high-fee environment. It's a Tuesday. At the moment. It is Tuesday. What am I saying? <laughs> Monday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. Slow stuff, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. It's sort of eye-rolling, but like this is what you have in a bear market is people arguing about this kind of thing. They should be able to do it. No, they shouldn't. Well, they can, so fuck it. What are you going to do? Yeah. I guess if I had to choose one of the camps, I'd be in that last one. Yeah, though. Well, fuck it. Like, uh, it's not going to hurt Bitcoin. It's not going to, I don't know, help Bitcoin a lot. I guess it could. The only thing it could do is help, I guess. Just by getting a bunch of the uh, monkey boys over onto Bitcoin and off of, off of that Ethereum dog shit. Yeah. We're going to see bananas on the blockchain. That's right. 
once a banana uh, finally is on the blockchain, I will pull it down, peel it, and send it to Der Gigi. <laughs> That's my promise to you. But yeah, other than that, TikTok blocks keep rolling on. That's how it happens. Is that the whole shit stain? That's it. That's what I got. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Well, all I got for people coofing into coffins was 33 new cases in Azerbaijan. <coughs> oh, shit. Which kind of rolls into one of my top 333 stories. Oh. Pfizer expects 2023 sales to decline as much as 33% compared with record-breaking 2022. Oh, no. Whatever will they do? Right? Oh, they made their money. Yeah, 33% drop from all-time high, man. Yeah, exactly. It was an all-time high, so they're still good. Yeah, they can keep that booster gravy train rolling, I think, for a while, too. Yeah, till everyone there's dies. A, there's a solid subsection who are just at front of the line for whatever rolls out for the rest of forever, just for all time. They're just, like, all in forever. That is true. It's wild. And that's why the money just keeps rolling in for Pfizer. Yeah. So, opium production rose 33% in Myanmar. Based. Yeah. Uh, it had declined for seven years, but now it's back on the rise. They were blaming the pandemic and everyone losing their money. Mm. So what are the farmers to do? Try a new crop. I wish it would just they would just keep it as opium instead of turning it into all the evil shit they turn it into. I agree. Just keep it as the fucking plant. It's already great. You don't need to change it, muck it up. Yeah. We're all for plant medicine here in the bowl. Yeah, because you muck it up and then you get things like this next story. Slimming pill drug to be classified as poison after at least 33 deaths. At least 33. Yeah, leads me to believe there's more, but they're like, well, 33 in the headline. They got it. Yeah, this, uh, there were these weight loss drugs being sold all around the world, but this article comes from The Independent in UK. And in these weight loss drugs were DNP, 2,4-dinitrophenol, which uh, is classified as an explosive and Whoa. was used in some World War I bombs. It's been used as an herbicide, but not in the U.S. And now it's going to be regulated in the U.K. under the Poisons Act of 1972, which just means you need a pharmacist license to buy it, which I think is hilarious. Pharmacists are allowed to buy poison, I suppose. Or you've got a license for the poisonous deadly explosive. <laughs> yeah. Just ingest this explosive. You might die, but you'll look great on the way out. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, the main story this article focused on was a 21-year-old who was buying them from Ukraine <laughs> and died. Whoops. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting finger point. Where are they coming from? Oh, Ukraine. Hmm. Hmm. They are making something over there. For sure. And finally, Vacasa says 33, not 240, Portland employees will lose their jobs. Oh, wow. This is good news for Portland employees. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard of Vacasa. It's a vacation rental property management company. Okay. And they... uh, So like Airbnb. 
I think so, but maybe longer term. I don't know. Vacation rental property management. Yeah, sounds like Airbnb to me. They sent out a press release and said they were laying off 1,300 jobs nationwide and gave that 240 number and then backtracked on it the next day with no explanation. Got a lot of phone calls, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, luckily we don't get many phone calls uh, as we were heading behind the curtain. That's true. Because it goes straight to voicemail. That's right. We actually could be getting tons of voicemails. Yeah, we we wouldn't know until we take a peek there, do we? Tons of phone calls. Where the hell's the curtain? It's buried behind all this other shit. Here it is. Yeah, we got some we picking did, up to uh, do. We did get a boost while we were out there. Oh, the yeah. Our boy Lavish rolled in. Lavish. From Fountain. Nine, 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 nine. Thank you. He says, custodian of the coin boost. <laughs> you custodize that coin, my friend. You custodize it. Customerificate it. Can't let nobody else have it. I'm trying to say. Dinitrophenol. I think I said it wrong. Yeah, the nitro part makes sense. Die, nitrophenol, die! Yeah, that's what it says to you if you eat it. Yeah. Florida man was arrested in California for driving around with 33 pounds of pot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I couldn't keep it in the top 333, but they got the headline out. I know about it, they Florida man. It. That's lots of weed. Lots of weed. Yeah. Think California, you think super legal, but no. You get caught transporting anything over 28 and a half grams and you're busted, bud. That's right. Yeah. Crazy. It's legal till it gets too heavy. <laughs> and then it's back to illegal as fuck. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How can we recriminalize it? I love it. I love it. Fabulous. The Journal of the American Medical Association had a study that came out this week. Uh-oh. You know, I know you love studies. And it showed, however, that legalization is not associated with increased rates of psychosis. Oh, wow. I think it was a big deal coming from the AMA because can, this uh, has been a huge prohibitionist talking point. I can breathe easy now. THC psychosis specifically. And, oh, you legalize and you get... Everyone turning crazy. Yeah. No. Oh. Get a bunch of axe murderers raping people on the streets. Seriously, yeah. No, this is a peer-reviewed study, brah. Man, f*** them studies. The VA and Stanford worked together on this, and they looked at more than 63 million insurance beneficiaries. So it was a pretty wide case study. Uh, they did see a little uptick in a very small group and that group was Asian men between the age of 55 and 64 in recreational states. Whoa. Yep. They were not ready. Asian boomers absolutely put on notice. <laughs> Just a dab will do ya. <laughs> or, you know, try some CBD joint, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, relax. It's okay to be a one-hitter quitter. Dip your toe in. Yeah. Don't eat the, uh, the 200 milligram brownie thing. Exactly. The dose makes the ridiculous roller coaster ride that seems to never end. Yeah. But you'll be okay. It'll end no matter what. Even if you go nuts, it'll end. Exactly. Even if you do eat the whole damn 200, 250 milligrammer. Yep. Just hang on to your butts. It's over eventually, man. Just don't fucking do that. And then study after study, there's another study this week I wanted to mention. Man, f*** them studies. <laughs> we talked about on episode 217 
how anesthesiologists are now required to ask you about your weed usage, and they suggested that people with THC in their system need more or less anesthesia, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to, I don't know, ask you way too many questions to try and figure it out, to dose you. Well, this study from the Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery says there's no differences in vital signs or anesthetic requirements between the THC positive and the THC negative. Wow. So it doesn't matter. You can roll in there high as fucking. Not a factor. Yeah. That's another big shocker. Exactly. But you know what? A study said it, man. Yeah. So you can point people there. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Yeah, so can ice cream. Yeah, that's true. That's a, I love ice cream. I might be addicted to ice cream. Titties. Titties, also addictive. Psychologically. Just look at this baby. He's (laughs) drunk on the tits all the time. Does not stop. No, never stops. That's true. During the bowl, at least. He's psychologically addicted. Yep. Well, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 10th Circuit upheld the dismissal of a lawsuit from a hemp farmer who tried to fly with some plants. He's not going to, you know, get his day in court. They just said, nope, out with you. Mm. I guess we have more important things to do. They also, uh, the courts denied standing Akimbo's second lawsuit that they had filed. That, of course, was a dispensary who was audited by the IRS in 2014 to see if they violated the Section 280E since, oh, you know, Weed's federally illegal, so you can't deduct your business expenses because this is a federally illegal business, man. Oh, yeah. And they basically said, screw you, to the IRS. So the IRS went to the Colorado Marijuana Enforcement Division and said, hey, get us the reports from the seed-to-sale tracking, Mm -hmm. or metric, M-E-T-R-C, and uh, we'll just look at all the numbers that way and see what's going on. You know, did they pay us enough? Or whatever. Right. <laughs> and Fuckers. So they filed uh, two different actions against the IRS and then the third parties, but they have both been denied. So they're going to have to pay up. Yeah. Yep. The IRS's motion to dismiss was granted. But man, this has been going on since 2014. IRS sucks, man. Yeah. And so does the court system. It's the worst. If it takes them this long to get to a, eh, and just dismiss it. If I could pick one alphabet soup just to burn to the ground right away, get rid of entirely, that'd be the one. Yeah. I and don't it, like them very much. I'd continue on to like all of them for sure, but like if if I only had to pick one, it's like, Spencer, it's your birthday, and for your birthday you can eliminate any of the three-letter agencies. I wouldn't even hesitate. IRS. IRS, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. You are the weakest alphabet soup. Goodbye. But not. They got their tentacles and frickin' everything. No doubt. <sighs> oh, well. The USDA released its first weekly national hemp report. Very exciting news, you guys. I looked at it. There's a lot of numbers. It's talking about the retail prices of hemp products across the nation, along with the volumes and cost and insurance prices, and freight values on imports. And they're going to be releasing this week after week. (laughs) Yeah. If you like numbers, man, it's a dream. All cash, baby. And then you might have seen 
the big news. Uh, we talked about it on episode 216 that the FDA was thinking about getting together to talk about maybe making some guidelines for yeah, CBD. I remember. Well, they released an announcement this week that they will not be issuing regulations for CBD as a dietary supplement or food additive, and instead hope they can just work with Congress on it. Oh, that's nice. Isn't it nice? Yeah. I grabbed a clip, mostly because this guy said something silly. It's definitely something to think about. That's Taylor Jones, manager at Five Star <laughs> nice. Nutrition in Champagne. They sell CPD oil. Yeah. CPD oil. Oh, CPD. At least that's what it sounds like he said. Nutrition and Champagne. They sell CPD oil. Jones says an FDA decision on CPD won't change their business model, but they're curious to see how it all plays out. FDA Commissioner Dr. Janet Woodcock said this week there is not enough evidence about CPD to confirm it's safe to consume or use as a dietary supplement. The FDA oversees it because it's the active ingredient in the prescription drug Epidiolex. It's used to treat two rare seizure disorders. Under current FDA regulations, a drug can't be added to food or sold as a dietary supplement if it hasn't been deemed safe. As time goes on, you're going to see overall like just different studies with it, you know, people using it more and more. The FDA also says regulations are needed for CBD products for animals. Yeah, it might not be safe or effective, you guys. You said CBD at the end, but I think that was a different reporter, wasn't it? No, it was the same reporter. He was got it? it straight, but I did ISO CPD oil because it said CPD at least two or three times. CPD oil. It sounds like CPD. So bad. CPD oil. CPD, is that when D gets like a really bad sunburn? She becomes CPD? It might be. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. It just gets me triggered because but- CPD to me. <laughs> Uh, has always been Columbia Police Columbia Department. Columbia Police Department, exactly, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's Not my favorite acronym. No, not at all. But it's stupid because, you know, they can still come in and ruin people's days. Say, hey, you've got all these CBD products and yep. we're going to take them because we haven't put our stamp on it or said it's okay. But it's like, well... You haven't said what is or isn't okay. In 2018, Farm Bill said it was all okay federally. So why do we even need the FDA's guidelines yeah, here? Yeah, Braj, can't you read the sign on the wall that says 50 state legal? 50 state legal, brah. Yeah, less than 0.3 THC. It's less than that, right? 0.03? Uh, I think it's 0.3%. 0.3%. Either way, less than 1% THC. Way less. Yeah. So come on. Come on, indeed. What are you doing? Just making everyone's lives difficult. Oh, well. And, uh, you know, Congress will get right on it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. They're... What else is a government to do, you know? Yeah, they will just... Bonk you over the head and point at the rule book. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, did you see this DEA Mexico chief who was ousted in the past week or so? Uh, no. Yeah, former NYPD served in the DEA for 14 months and was assigned to be chief of Mexico, which of course seems like an important place to be assigned since most of the drugs are transiting through there. It's a lot of action down there, no doubt. Yeah. Well, he got caught socializing and vacationing with some lawyers in Miami who happened to represent the cartels. Oh, how weird. And he was using, and I quote from the Associated Press, drug-fighting funds 
to reimburse some birthday party expenses. Ooh. So strippers in the cake and all that. That's right. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like a little good ho- time. Little hookers and blow action. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, that's not what the drug fighting budget's supposed to go to. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I also was thinking, well, it seems like a good way to get intel if you get in with those guys. I but mean, you know, you could always justify it, I'm sure. Did he get burned or was he really just partying? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like uh, all these dumbass dramas on the streaming services. Just sounds like a plot straight out of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the DEA is currently uh, conducting foreign operations in 69 countries, though. I thought that was a fun number to pop up there. Oh, my favorite number. 69! 69, dudes! And this all came to light. It started unraveling last year when federal prosecutors charged a DEA agent and a former supervisor for leaking information to two defense attorneys in Miami in exchange for $70,000. And one of those attorneys was implicated in this probe. So, but you know, dude was allowed to retire. He wasn't fired. That's often the case over there. So it's a, it seems like a win for him. With the administrative branch positions, or ex- yeah. executive branch positions, I should I, say. I was surprised. He had a statement to the press where he said, oh, it's all a witch hunt prompted by personal and professional jealousies. <laughs> they hate me yeah. because I get my wiener kissed by cartel lawyers on my birthday. Yep. Hell of a reason to hate a fella. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. He's a... Check your jealousy at the door. Yeah. There's a uh, DEA administrator that seems to be running this whole thing, all these audits and trying to uh, paint a picture of getting rid of corruption. Mm. And it's a woman, Ann Milgram. Uh-oh. Yeah. Seems like a womanly thing to do. Walk in and say, all right, let's establish some order here. All right, party's over. Party's over. Whores go home. Yep. Speaking of whores, there was a press briefing, a White House <laughs> press briefing. Nice. And one journalist decided to ask about weed. So I clipped it. And, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she always has very insightful answers to She's give. quite clippable. Yeah. If President Biden has tried to decriminalize or deschedule marijuana, and in the voice. interim, uh, companies legal marijuana business in New Jersey and elsewhere can't open checking accounts, they're doing it in cash, they're being robbed, and minority businesses can't get the money they need to open and compete with the big people. Has the president talked about doing anything uh, administratively to try to ease some of these banking regulations and allow these businesses to flourish? So I, I don't have any new policy announcements uh, to make from here. As you know, oh, uh, this is something that Congress is working huh. on. And uh, we understand that there's interest in legislative and action, but I would refer you to Congress because, again, this is, again, what the, what they're working on. Just don't have anything pr- to preview on any new uh, policies from here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, Congress, what happened to the safe banking legislation? You just keep cutting it out. No previews to preview? What, I can't even get a little taste? <laughs> Not even a little taste. <laughs> Jean-Pierre, what's up? Just give me a give me a glimpse. A little preview to preview. I would guess, and I think there's been some 
legislators who have said similar things, they probably want to get some sort of federal either descheduling, which would be the best thing, but I doubt that's going to happen, or federal legalization or federal decriminalization in place before they touch banking. Yeah. So, unfortunately, for all the legal dispensaries out there who have to store their cash in a safe and then get robbed over and over again. Oh, yeah. That getting robbed part has to get old. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's some uh, traditional market shenanigans. <sighs> Not this new fully legal licensed shit. Yeah, yeah, traditional market. They're legal. They should be able to use a bank. That still tickles my tits every time I hear him say traditional market. Yeah, well, you know, black market. That's that's racist. Uh, Newt Gingrich had something to say about mass shootings. Oh, I'm sure it was. There have been mass shootings in three different places, four really, in the last three or four days. What can be done about this problem? Well, look, I think we have to confront the reality that we have a combined mental health and drug addiction problem, and that a great deal of what's going on is a profound change in the way people relate to each other. The fact is, whether whether it is the strength of the new marijuana, whether it is the rise of fentanyl and other kind of drugs, the level of hostility and anger uh, that's out there is extraordinary, uh, and it manifests itself in violence in ways that are horrifying. Now, I know Newt isn't the kind of lizard that uses weed when he gets home and whatever. Right. But weed has never made me angry. If anything, it has taken my anger and turned it down to zero. Sure. Yeah, it could be very helpful for people who have anger issues. But it's just, I don't see any day. This is all just people just spouting this shit off. It reminds me of Gore when he talks about climate, you know? They just, like, (laughs) spout shit off. But where's the increase in violence? Like, in the 80s and 90s, street violence was insanely higher than anything we've seen. And now they just try to have these like weird mass shooting events where it's always some fucking bullied-ass kid that gets taken advantage of by either some federal agency or a couple of them. Uh, always fucking yacked out on SSRIs and antidepressants and other pills. <laughs> I th- I don't know if it's stronger weed. That's like the best they can come up with. Uh, he did say other drugs, and I thought, yeah, point or, to the pharmaceuticals, but they I won't. Yeah, I don't know if it's the fentanyl crisis. Like, he's like, I don't know about these wars we've got going, but uh could be any of them. Yeah. It's just more like saber-rattling for funding. Yep. Exactly. It's just crazy. Uh, a lot of the talking heads have started pulling weed into the mass shooting conversation which just doesn't really seem like it has a place but you know lots of people smoke weed so if they do an autopsy on these dead killers or whatever and they pop positive for THC in their system oh there it was yeah along with what else (laughs) right the things that we do not talk about Shantix (laughs) Prozac yeah you can just look at their eyes. Ritalin. They might have those SSRIs. <laughs> oh, a lot oh, of. Oh damn! It was the week of the state of the states, so of course I went perusing around to see uh, who was talking about weed. Of course. And in Alaska, uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy brought up fentanyl, 
and had something interesting to say that I thought was quite clippable. So here it is. The issue of fentanyl is also a pressing issue which we must address. As I announced in October, I'll be introducing legislation that declares war on those who are recklessly dealing fentanyl and fentanyl-laced drugs in our communities. Yeah, about time. This drug is not your grandparents' marijuana. No shit. It's not your (laughs) grandson's marijuana. It's not your cousin's dog's marijuana. It's not marijuana at all. Is he getting his talking points mixed up? I don't know. I was really confused. Fentanyl. Now, this isn't your granddad's marijuana. And the clip goes on to talk about how he's going to be locking up, you know, fentanyl distributors for life. Do you think he meant to say H? Like, not your grandparents' heroin? Yeah, not your grandparents' heroin. This it, isn't just like the 90s street smack. This is fentanyl. That would make at least a little more sense. Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense. But no, he said this isn't your grandparents' marijuana. I should fucking hope not. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't pause after that. Here, let me... Replay it, and then you can hear what he adds next. He just keeps rolling with the fentanyl stuff. And fentanyl-laced drugs in our communities. This drug is not your grandparents' marijuana. Uh. This drug, taken in the smallest amounts, knowingly or unknowingly, can cause death in a matter of moments. Last year, law enforcement seized 13.4 million potentially fatal doses of fentanyl here in Alaska. That's enough to kill the entire population of oh. Alaska 18 times over. Yes, there it is. Bankrupt, there it is. We're peddling drugs, know that death is a possibility, and they don't give a rip. <laughs> so we're putting them on notice tonight. I'll introduce legislation to increase the penalty for a dealer who sells poison that results in the death of anyone. Right now, under current law, this act can only be, cha- this act can only be charged as manslaughter with a maximum sentence of just 20 years. Under my legislation, we'll increase this penalty to second-degree murder with a sentence of up to 99 years. These people deserve nothing less. Big bad war. Oh, wow. Drugs, man. Fucking full-court press war, huh? I giggled when he said, these people don't give a rip. These people, gosh darn it, they don't give a rip and I'm going to do something about it. They don't give a rip, they don't give a toot. <laughs> we need to show them who's boss. Yeah, sounds like he just ripped his grandparents' weed. Oh, my God. I don't understand why weed came into that, uh, but... You know what? Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, also not your grandparents' marijuana. (laughs) True. Just objectively not that. And fentanyl is not your grandparents' Coca-Cola either. This uh, ginger ale can right here, turns out, not your grandparents' marijuana. Surprise! Yeah. Somebody ought to do something about it. Yeah. I also want to take a moment here and talk about the way people pronounce fentanyl. I have started saying fentanyl because I looked at the word Benadryl and noticed that they are spelled with the Y-L at the end, you know? Okay. I said, okay, Benadryl. Maybe I've been saying fentanyl wrong. Because everyone that I hear talking about it on the boob tube or podcasts and stuff, they say fentanyl. Yes. But I think... Benadryl, fentanyl. Okay. That's how how my brain is working around it. Yeah, it does have the YL at the end. Yeah. Makes sense. I had food for thought, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, it's all dog shit because it's ruined opium. Yeah, exactly. Every one of those goddamn drugs, is they take take opium, a beautiful God-given plant medicine, and they fucking ruin it. I know. Uh, people don't. People will forget that heroin was invented by Bayer. Like, it's all bullshit. The bowlers don't forget. 
The bowlers will always remember. That's correct. And I remembered that Governor Gavin Newsom signed a very interesting bill last year, which would allow him to enter into agreements with other states, legal states, of course, to import and export weed and weed products. So now the California Department of Cannabis Control has harked back to that and wrote a letter to the state attorney asking them to issue an opinion certifying interstate commerce so that they can begin. Because the bill had three different ways that they could start with legal interstate commerce. One would be a federal law change. Probably, do you think that's going to happen anytime soon? I'm not holding my breath. Not in a significant timeline, no. Uh, The second option was federal guidance put into place, allowing the commerce. Or the third avenue was the state attorney general affirms that there won't be a huge risk in doing so. So they've written an eight-page letter, which is available online in the show notes, uh, laying out reasons why they think federal issues can be avoided if the attorney general gives the A-OK for it. That and, is uh, what you need. You just need the state, the state's arm of the law enforcement, which would be at the very top, the state attorney general, to say... Nah, fuck you. I'm not letting the feds play with this. It's that simple, huh? It, it really does come down to that. I think that... It, and then getting your state and local law enforcement on board. Yeah. Which is basically just to put out a memo saying, hey, you fuckers, this is the way it is. I mean, that's how state governments work. Yeah, don't worry about weed. Simple as. But yeah, they, the reasons they laid out for how this should be safe and good to go is, first, the anti commandeering rule in the Constitution, uh, which makes it clear that Congress cannot direct a state to legislate one way or another, regardless of federal policy. Uh. Uh, Then they say in here, which is news to me, but cool, the Federal Controlled Substances Act provides explicit immunity for states and officials that enforce laws and municipal rules for controlled substances. So they say, hey, it's state legal. It's good to go. Then, of course, there's the Rohrbacher-Farr-Blumenauer Amendment, which gets tacked on to the massive omnibus bill year after year. And that says that the Justice Department can't use their funds to interfere in the implementation of state medical programs. Mm-hmm. They haven't amended the amendment to, add, to say recreational. But medical, good to go. DOJ can't come after your ass. Yeah. They need to collect on their... Uh Sexual favors first before they add rec. Yeah, I guess so. And finally, they briefly touched on what we've heard over and over again in the poll, the Commerce Clause of the Constitution, uh, which restricts states from stopping interstate commerce unless they're given specific instruction from Congress to do so. So looking at you, Caillou in Nebraska. (laughs) Better let that weed roll on through. No. Anyways. Uh, I told you it was the week of state of states. That's right. And Kansas, of course, a little behind in the weed game. So Governor Laura Kelly decided to talk about it. You know, there's another common sense way to improve health care here in Kansas, and that's to finally legalize medical marijuana. Right before Christmas, police raided the hospital room of a terminally ill man in Hayes. This is a sick Greg story. Greg Bretz was using marijuana to ease his pain. He was then ordered to appear in court. 
despite not being able to even get out of bed. What? We all know that was ridiculous. And that's not to blame the police. The yeah, it police is. were just enforcing the law. Yeah, they're just doing their jobs. That means the law itself is ridiculous. Greg died two weeks ago, the first week of session. His passing reminded me of an op-ed that appeared in the Wichita Eagle last May. It was written by David Aubel, a self-described conservative, a U.S. Army veteran from Paradise, Kansas, who was battling his second bout with cancer. Despite friends urging him to get medical marijuana on the black market, Dave refused. He said, I don't intend to break the law, even though my situation is growing more severe. That's not who I am. Dave passed away just a few weeks after the op-ed was published, never having received the relief he needed and so fiercely advocated for. We need to put in place effective safeguards to ensure that it's used appropriately and that it is not abused. But I believe, like with everything else, if you and I work together, we can find a fair and common sense solution. 39 other states have figured this out. Surely, Kansas can too. Well, that's what you would think. That would be the assumption. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, it's Kansas. Yeah. So maybe they can't figure it out. And also, boo hiss at those cops or whoever decided to go into a hospital room and come after a sick man it's just laws like this just get used in such dumb ways well they don't have to enforce it you know what i mean like use discretion they really don't this man is dying and and by the way weed on him everybody knows that that's the case that a cop can just say yo you know put the shit away you know yeah or i'm taking this now get out of here or something like that. But no, they gotta put this dying man, gotta give him a court summons and shit. Terrible. <sighs> this is your government, folks. Yeah. Uh, that other guy, huh? A, a good boy to the very end. Oh, yeah, a good boy all the way down. She was really pandering. Yeah, it seemed like she's kind of riding the political wave of this guy's death, which is a little gross. To a me. little gross, yeah. Because it's like, hey, where have you been this whole time, though? Right. Yeah, well, hey, there's uh, hope for you yet, Kansas. Yeah, maybe. If not, just yeah, hop on over. Unless they're <laughs> just uh, blowing smoke. Probably, probably. Uh, medical sales started in Mississippi. Ooh. And, of course, it uh, didn't just happen smoothly. There was a little hiccup. In the way that things After went. After multiple setbacks, the first medical marijuana products were sold in Mississippi on Wednesday. Uh, it's a very exciting day today. Uh, history has been made. The cannabis company in Brookhaven made the historic sell. But a slight hiccup in the state system delayed the purchase. The two operating systems, our uh, POS system and the metric system, which the state requires us to track through, metric. Um, had a little issue with the link up. After the issue was resolved, Debbie McDermott became the first in the state to legally buy medical cannabis. I think it's going to um, be so much help for so many people. I'm excited that there's an alternative to the medicines that are good, but they're not great, like opiates. Yeah. Good, but not great. What she meant was uh, incredibly addictive, and you have to keep upping the amount you take for it to stay effective. Yeah. 
Whereas a little weed, you know, little weed will do you. It's like the side effects of those other drugs can just be, in some cases, worse than what you're going in to treat. Yeah. Versus side effects of weed, you know, which is... Munchies, well, maybe. You can't really remember the side effects of weed, can you? <laughs> no. That's the beauty of I it. I know. I drink a lot more water <laughs> when I'm stoned, which is good for me. Uh, Yes, it's true. So, that's nice. But yeah, metric. Looking at you. Weakest link. They didn't say glitch, though. So at good least on they them. didn't say glitch. They just didn't link up. <laughs> didn't link up. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Your API isn't working. Oh, now it's working. Okay. Two and a half hours later, after the order gets put in. It's like, hey, we pre-picked the lady who's going to buy the first weed. And, you know, she's, she'd like to go home and chief pretty soon. <laughs> Seriously. Got all our news crews out here just waiting. Well, that's nice. Seed to sale tracking with a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Good job. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get waiting for two hours on opening day. We're going down on 420, you remember that? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no one can make sales. Tracking's not working. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I don't preview bills a lot in this segment because so many of them die. You know, they don't get out of committee or sure. whatever. And who wants to go through that pain yeah, no, over get, and over again? I get you. But something caught my eye this week here in the Show Me State, and that's a bill that was introduced to remove the license cap. Oh. Yeah. Said, hey, uh, you see this whole section of Amendment 3? We're going to do away with that. And there's going to be no cap. I love it. I love it, too. And that comes from Representative Adrian Plank out of Columbia. That's an amazing story, man. That's That's cool as fuck. Yep. And one final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes out of Rhode Island, where the Supreme Court Chief Justice issued an executive order on how officials will expunge prior convictions. And they should have it all down. Uh, There's a whole system laid out here for the Superior and District Courts and the Traffic Tribunal. Uh, They are responsible for identifying and processing the records. They see 27,000 hereabout that they're going to start expunging. And if it's a simple, singular possession offense... Three months from now, should be gone. More complicated cases should be gone by July 1st, according to this paper, you know. Sure. uh, The executive order. But if you're worried that your conviction is going to get overlooked, you can submit a request for expungement without a fee. And bada bing, bada boom, should be taken care of. Bada boom. (laughs) That's all I got. Got to pay to play, but... uh... You can get it done. Get it done by July, man, even if it's complicated. Yeah. Well, the state's going to pay to play, hopefully, is the is what's going to happen there. And citizens don't have to. Well, that would be. you got to pay with your time if you got to fill out that paperwork, <sighs> I, I suppose. Know. You know, somebody pays at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Somebody pays. This is, this is the joke about the state paying for shit is the state doesn't have money, so they don't pay for shit. They have to take other people's money and then spend it. Yeah. It's like Harfat points out in the chat. Finally dawned on them if they remove the cap, they can collect more on license fees. You know, there'd be more licenses that get more money rolling. Yeah, in. So why would they put a ceiling on it? Non refundable uh application fees plus the tax, you know, I, I don't know. That's a great it's a great question. Why even have a, c- a ceiling? 
to the to the licenses. I've said this from the jump. Like, if you meet the requirements to be able to obtain a license, then just give me the goddamn license. You know, if I'm a, if I want to be a real estate agent and I meet the requirements to get a real estate license, then they give me a real estate license. Yeah. Same with a driver's license. Same even. with a liquor license. Same with uh, all the licenses. Except for weed. Except f- somehow, for some reason, the the weed license. Because mm. why? Well, oh, because... We know why. Yeah. Their club is having fun. Yeah. It's anti-competitive. Yep. To put as politely as possible. Ah, well. Mostly good news. Yeah. Mostly good news this week. That's what I like. You know what else I like? What? I like uh, the Rev pulling over and sending us a metal moment. Oh, we love the Rev. And uh, he does have one for us. Woo! This week, even though the uh, studio he uh, mysteriously referenced as the Broke Down Hammer Down Studio, uh, he still got us a moment. So nothing can stop the old Rev. Let's hear what he has to say this week. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Although their debut album was not released until 1985, Overkill's formation predates all of the big four thrash metal bands, being Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer, by at least one year. Hailing from New Jersey, Overkill has been viewed as one of the most important thrash bands from the East Coast. From their upcoming album scheduled to release in April, this is Overkill, The Surgeon. Get your blood back flowing. Yeah. The surgeon, man. Don't want to run into him in an alley. No way. Slice you and dice you. 
Appreciate that, Rev. You can follow him at, uh, over on No Agenda Social. He's at Rev Cyber Trucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. We appreciate you very much, Reverend. Let's uh, the other people we appreciate, of course, the bowlers. Call in and tell us the first time they ever did a thing. And thanks to Fletcher, we now have uh, the, 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 the first time. The first time I ever. We're talking about the first time I ever uh, soldered, soldered something. Yeah, soldered something. Soldered something together. And uh, you can leave your responses by just whipping out the cellophone, calling 816-607-3663, just like this bowler did. I'm hitting it. Good evening, oh, bowlers. Good evening. Fox, and I had such a good time in the bowl with you last Friday oh, yeah. that too. I thought I would jump back in and tell you about the first time I soldered something. All right. And to be honest, I don't know exactly what I soldered. I was probably in the age range of maybe seven or eight years old. My father was a lifelong ham radio operator, WA5AFO at the time, although he later got his extra license and became W5VJ. But when he was still WA5AFO, America's finest operator, or athlete's foot ointment, depending on what kind of mood he was in, um, he soldered things and... Of course, I'm a little kid going, what you doing, Dad? What you doing? And he had the little, the little melty thingy and the little sticks that melted, and I wanted to play. And so he said, well, just stick this to that with this. And so I did it. I have no freaking idea exactly what it was I was soldering. All I know is that I was hanging out with my dad and having fun. So... 73's dad, and, uh, you know, much love to you bowlers in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, Vox. Yeah, that's a great one. I always think of that uh, when I'm doing something with the girls. Of like, uh, oh, they're learning something. They're absorbing. I don't know how much they absorb doing the 3D printing stuff lately, and I just don't know how much, like... How much can I explain to them, or how much they actually absorb or absorb or glean? Oh, you just keep doing it over and over again. It'll yep. stick eventually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, you always uh, love when the kids come up and want to like know what you're doing. What's this all about? How does this work? It's good to see them curious. Yeah, and they'll thank you later too for involving them. Yeah, just like Fox said, all she knew is. She's hanging out with her dad and having fun. And that's the important part. That's the important part. Uh, this next caller always knows the important part. It is a Tuesday because there's two of you. DeLorean and Spencer. Hey. How yeah. yeah, one and two. How are you guys doing on this wonderful hot chocolate day? Fabulous. Splendid. I know that's what you guys are doing behind that curtain. Oh, getting hot uh, with chocolate. Hot chocolate. That's right. Chocolate. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, soldering, with, with my dad, first time, was with my dad, nice. for soldering, uh, yeah, uh, he, he's uh, always been in the electronic industry, if you will, and, uh, so he'd be making his own stuff for, for work and whatnot, and, uh, which is a whole other story, but, uh, having to invent things that didn't exist, or, 
just weren't readily accessible at that at that time and and whatnot. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, we was with him. We was, we was, we'd just solder and he'd be doing stuff, and he'd have me uh, you know try it. Usually, you know, obviously, where something was like uh, I can't say I can really solder. I've done it in many many years, but uh, no, no, I know the basics, I guess, if you will, and. Uh, it's something of fun to to probably get into. Uh, probably find you know find some sort of basic good kit where you can I guess control the temperature and stuff like that, and uh, be able to clean it, clean up the soldering gun and all that. They like, call it a gun, right? Yeah. Or like a handle, but uh, yeah, be fun, be fun to do. And uh, but uh, I'm not sure what I'd use it so much for. But I remember making a short wave ready with them for a school project and uh, it was a kit I believe but I remember doing that with them um, pretty sh- I still have it somewhere uh, pretty sure we still but uh, we had the solder for that and uh, you know it was, not, it was not the detail but uh, as far as uh, having it or doing that but uh, yeah so that was uh, the first time solder so I hope you guys are having a fantabulous day which I know you already are Oh yeah, the little dude on the shoulder and uh, hearing his own noises. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, all right. Well, I love you guys, and of course, you know, stay dangerous. Love you, Christopher Battles. And uh, you know, whether you've soldered or you have not soldered, or you're gonna solder someday, go ahead and say, Kaka! Oh yeah. To, I'll just hang on now. It's fine. I got a couple seconds. I mean, I wouldn't want to use it all up. I mean, that's just ridiculous to keep on going and going and bloviate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He had uh, 18 seconds to spare. Nice. 18 seconds under the three-minute limit. Look at that. Thank you, Christopher Battles. First time with Dad. Yeah. Dad's showing you how to solder. Man, the first time I soldered was not with my dad, because I don't know if my dad's ever soldered. Um, Pop, are you listening? But I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sure if he has or not. Maybe he has. But my, mine was like I wrecked out my RC cars that I got for Christmas because I was just playing with them in the driveway, and they're a little like they look like stock cars. They look like basically NASCAR cars, you know. Two different ones, so they had two different channels for the RC, so that my sister and I could each drive one around. And I was just driving it too hard outside, and all of a sudden, like, smoke comes up out from the, uh, I burned the motor out, essentially. Oh. So I had to get a new motor in there, and tried to, like, get, you know, you gotta hook the wires back up. So I tried soldering, and it was just like, I had no idea what I was doing. So the little soldering iron, you know, and the iron got hot, and you have the stick of solder, and I was like, brushing the solder iron down the side of the solder at first and just all these different um, fuck-ups I did because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so the drop would not hit where I needed it to hit. Like, sometimes it would drip off and then harden and then just, like, bounce off the wire. It was already a solid ball, you know? Oh. Uh, I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. But you knew you had to solder it. I did know I had to solder it, yeah. That's pretty good. I just didn't know how. And this was before you could just look up literally how to do anything on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Did you look it up in a book? No. No, you just went for it. I just tried to go That's for cool. it. Yeah, didn't work. Then I gave up. Worth a shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 
usually takes me like the fourth or fifth time to uh, get something right like that. New skills. Uh, less so these days, I guess, because of all the different materials you can source now. Learning materials. But back then, definitely. wonder if this next caller remembers his first time soldering. Lauren! What's up? Hey! Carolyn! You guys are looking great! Oh, oh thank you. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Awesome. Me? Yeah, how Friday? are you? How was your day? It's, I mean, it's such a great day. That's wonderful. Anyway, I've been, I've been watching this, this stream of uh, Nick Rashford and um, Jet... Neptune. Okay. They are reviewing houses, okay. housing listings, and just breaking it down, um, the structure, what they need to do to it, the price. It it's just awesome. That's fantastic. It, it's great. And I and I it would tickle your sensibilities. I I highly recommend it. Um it's uh it is on it's on YouTube and uh anyway. Uh love you guys. Love you, Carolyn. Love you. Fantastic. She's coming in blazing there. Wowie Zowie. Love it. Carolyn, hot as hell. Yeah, no doubt. Coming in the hottest. Fantastic. I have not heard of this. This is new to me. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. And uh everybody knows that I like my sensibilities tickled, so how could I how could I pass up something like that? Tell you what. Uh, well, thanks. It's good to hear from you, Carolyn. It's also good to hear from all of our callers. Including this next caller. I think I I think I read the question right, unless um I don't have my glasses on. First so time you ever soldiered. This is the first time anything. I ever soldered something. I yeah. don't know if that's uh That's right. That's what it is. Gotta be. It is. It wasn't soldiering something, or <laughs> ever. Damn. I don't many people have soldiered stuff out there. I don't. How did I call it? Maybe. Maybe I don't. I guess it depends on what the definition of soldiering is. It's all about the all soldiered on in the some broadest way. possible definitions um, for F ties. With soldering, uh, the first time I ever soldered anything. I can't, there's, there used to be this book that had a bunch of shit in it, and it was all, like, novelty stuff. Uh, you know, like, uh, whoopee cushion, fake poop. <laughs> fake poop was a big popular thing back in the day, or, uh, <clears throat> bad tasting gum, joy buzzer. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, who the hell gave it that name, joy buzzer? Joy buzzer. It's like a thing that goes, in your hand when you... And you shake somebody's hand. It's like the whoopee cushion. I think that one that would shock people too, uh, which was quite shocking. Uh, <laughs> shocking. But yeah, there was a crystal radio in there, which uh, a crystal radio receives uh, basically AM transmissions through a crystal. Uh, I guess it can pick up the radio frequencies. You know, I never really delved back into crystal radio since that. That day, and it had the little crystal, and there was a stylus for tuning in stations. It got a total of two stations, uh, is what I could pick up. 
with a massive antenna that I had uh, to try and get something in a little shitty speaker. Um, but yeah, that's the first time I ever soldered anything. And I remember my dad had uh, the huge, massive uh, Weller gun that uh, you know is like one point. 21 gigawatts of nice. uh, power and, uh, you know, just about burn your uh, eyeball out. Uh, <laughs> and it was a pain in the ass to solder with. Uh, and I think I did it probably five or six times trying to get it. It was just bad. And I think my dad ended up redoing all the all the uh, connections for the, uh, the crystal radio just so we could get it working. But... Anyways, that was my first experience with soldering. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. A little radio action on the rate rate radio. That's pretty cool. I remember building radio kits, but we had these awesome like it was like a um, little cardboard cutout for the whole board, and then all of the wires and capacitors and shit were. Uh, connected with these springs. They're like reverse springs, so you just stretch the spring upward and slide the wire in, and then you let go, and it clamps down on the wire. Hmm. So it's like all solderless, like, build kit, like kid-friendly build kit. That was the first radio I ever built. That was a lot of fun. I remember it well. It's just kind of magical, you know, when you put all the electronic parts together and then... It's got this little shitty earpiece, and you put it in, and you start hearing just the regular radio over it. You're like, geez, I did that. Yeah, that that, sounds awesome. Put that together. I'm a sodding shame, because never have I ever soldered anything (laughs) to anything else. (laughs) I'm a sodding shame. (laughs) I do have, I think... Never soldered nothing, huh? No, but I might have a project that requires soldering. It's uh, this antique scale I bought that's made out of some kind of metal, and I managed to break an arm in half, and I've tried a lot of things to try and stick it back on there, including tape, just taping it together for now. But it's some kind of metal, so I think I can solder it back together, maybe. And that could be my first project. Quite metal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it may need a a full-on weld. I don't I don't really know much. This is my thing. I don't really know much about metalwork in general. I've done very little of it. I can just half-ass solder now. I couldn't when I first started do any soldering. I was fucking awful at it. Um but the solder kind of holds just like little tiny things together, like wires. And then for bigger pieces of metal to hold more weight, then you're getting into welding, yeah. which is just hotter. Uh, sturdier metals with higher melting temperatures. At least, at least as far as I know. Well, I'm just talking out of my ass here, but this is my little understanding. Shit, I guess I'm just hopping to welding then. Go straight to welding. Why not? Yeah, why not? I always wanted to learn how do we get these two pieces of metal just to stay to one piece of metal. Yeah, should be simple. Because that gorilla glue glue stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's never what they say it's gonna be, man. Yeah. It said it would work. It didn't. And then it expands out the crack and shit. It looks like shit. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, don't put it in your hair. Or your mouth or eyes or stuff, you know. Okay. Did they add hair to the list of warnings on it? Probably. 
after that dilemma. I bet they would. Yeah. Well, we probably don't have to give any warnings to this next caller. I should hope not. Face to the screen, bowlers. Hey. Uh, I should be in bed already, probably, but <laughs> I heard that the topic tonight uh, for the voicemails was the first time you ever soldered anything. Yeah. Well, you know, I vaguely remember being really young, like probably six or seven years old, and I, I really wanted to play the old Atari, you know? I think we already had a Nintendo, but, like, for some reason, I think I just wanted to break out the Atari that day. And I found my dad's soldering gun. I'd seen him do it before. My brother had soldered in front of me. And by golly, you know, I just wanted to play that fucking Atari. So I took the soldering iron and successfully managed. I did know at least that you had to cover up the stuff with the electrical tape. Like, I didn't let any of the wires touch. Yeah. And I also can't remember if I was just trying to solder, like, the video cable or the actual electrical cable, like that goes to the power of the unit. So they might've actually been the electrical cable, but either way I was able to make it work. Nice. And then I think my brother showed me how to do it right later, but uh, I, I soldered it well enough to make it so I could play the fucking video game that day. And I was pretty proud of myself. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, it's actually kind of a pretty cool memory, I guess. Yeah, I've soldered stuff since then, but, yeah, that was pretty cool. Anyway, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Fantastic. Yeah, that is the cool thing about soldering. It's like, it's all fucking molten metal, so if you get your wire and the shitty pile of molten metal and the uh, piece you're trying to attach it to, all of those just need to touch at some point. Doesn't have to necessarily be pretty, but uh, too much solder, then you start bleeding on the other components and creating short circuits and bullshit like that. So cool! You got your Atari rocket. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great project. It's like a little chest swell moment for a good six or seven year old little dude. That's about how young I was when I fucked mine up horribly. Somewhere in there. I wonder how old this next caller was the first time. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, caller, are you okay? Uh, caller. Uh-oh. Daughter, hardly door. <laughs> Wait a second. Could I get that last part again? Daughter, hardly door. Oh, <laughs> uh, you saw it or you brought her. Oh, I bet the transcription bot loved that. Uh, yes, the transcription bot gave us in the bowl, daughter, hardly daughter. <laughs> hardly daughter. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Daughter, hardly daughter. Fantastic. I'm writing that down. My pen just keeps fucking shitting out of ink. Which is unacceptable behavior for pens, by the way. Yeah, you got one job. You just write. When I move, you spit the ink out. Just like that. Um, Yes. Well, that's soldering in a nutshell for the bowlers. Uh, soldering. A hot topic in the bowl. That's right. It turns out... Um. 
Those with soldering fathers have a higher solder success rate, but you can also just go at your own. And sometimes that works out, like for face to the screen. Sometimes it doesn't work out for me. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we gotta, uh, gotta, gotta spin the wheel, roll the dice. An Atari is also a far better made product than the uh, shitty little. RC car I got from Radio Shack that I can tell you with utmost certainty. Utmost certainty. Well, uh, what are we playing with next week? I said something earlier with something goofy, didn't I? Uh, you said two things that I don't remember, but we had been talking about the first time I ever hosted a dinner. Oh, yes. I remember that. Or made dinner for someone. I don't know. Yeah. What was the wording on it? Um, First time I ever made dinner for someone, turn it into first time I ever... Hosted dinner, but uh, that was in a chat discussion a few weeks back. That that C Dubs, he comes up with some of the best F ties we've ever had. Actually, C Dubs is the F tie master, and so why wouldn't we go with that? All right. Or somebody ever, uh, that that's the thing. We we come down on the wordage of it. <laughs> some ever made dinner for someone else. First time ever hosted a dinner. Some ever put a dinner it- on what. I know because there's such a there's a big difference between making dinner for someone or hosting a dinner. Yeah, a bit. What if you just put first time? Uh, first time I ever cook for someone important to me. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like shit. Now that I say it out loud, I thought I had it. You know, it was like the spark, and then I said it out loud, and I was like, no, that's not it. That's even more retarded than the other shit. I, I kind of like first time you ever hosted dinner. First time I ever hosted dinner. Because it could be one for one person, or it could be for many people. Yeah, okay. All right. I like that. It gives uh, more memory opportunities. Okay. Keep them a little vague. That'll be next week's uh, first time I ever, and you can call any time. Yeah. Night or day, throughout the week, all the way up till the finish line when we're literally playing them on the show like right now. Uh, you will get it in for the win. Well, once we hit this point, uh, there's only one more official piece of business left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. 33 elk have been fatally struck on local roads in Idaho since January 1st. Oh, damn. Their identities have remained anonymous. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I tried, okay. Uh, that was <laughs> you really shoved there's, it in there. There's a, there's a tiny uh journo demon inside of me. Uh-huh. You know, and it keeps trying like maybe it's like Nightmare on Elk Street. <laughs> okay. Was another one I thought of. <laughs> yeah. You're really elking that for all it's worth. Yeah. The elk need cars, you know, then they wouldn't be getting hit all the time. They could drive El Caminos. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, all right, they'll stop. Oh, I know, Jesus. it's so cringy. I uh, <laughs> I grabbed a clip for this. None of this is good. This next one, because it's an update to a story we had a few bowls ago. The fertility forgot to check it. She didn't up the marbles and put the jewels in. We don't have to leave the goodbye. Uh. There'll be no more signing today or ever again. Are those jewels real? Probably, because a Kansas City couple bought the Goonies house. Uh, We don't have to leave the goondock. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw it in Kansas City Magazine. We I won. Have... We uh, Our people now own the Goonies house. Our people. Yeah. KC represent. They brought it, yeah. Brought it to our team. Yeah. Dude, uh, dude and wife that bought it, they own three businesses. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. And they're looking to make it open for anyone that wants to visit. And they were toying with the idea of making it an escape room or a rental property. Mm. You know, for like an Airbnb, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but right now they're focusing on redecorating the inside as close to the set as possible. That'll be fun. I thought that's a fun adventure for the thrift stores. No doubt. You're just like looking through every scene, seeing what's on the shelves and on the walls and Yeah. Um Getting the Remember getting, the, the big goofy machine that unlocks the gates that they have? Yeah. Or, they gotta build that. Uh-huh. Make you do the truffle shuffle. The Rube Goldberg thing. Get the big old TV and have Cindy Lauper music videos playing on repeat. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like fun. No doubt. That's a good retirement plan <laughs> let's redecorate this house just like the movie you know it's not a good retirement plan though what's that getting caught in someone else's bathtub wearing all of your clothes oh uh, that's just lame no doubt especially once the cops show up you had me waiting for the bad part that was the bad part yeah the clothes really ruin it so this woman came home in Seattle, and one of her windows was smashed. So she thought, oh, shit, that's not good. So she just stayed outside, called the cops. They show up, bang on the door, you know, tell anyone that's inside to come out. No one does. So they go in, and they find this 27-year-old dude, fully clothed, in the bathtub, filled with water. Womp womp, man. Yeah, so he got arrested and didn't explain himself. Yeah, I don't really know what he could have possibly been thinking. It's hard to know. Yeah. Can't get inside dude's head. <laughs> no, I don't want to either. <laughs> he can keep those thoughts to himself. Yeah. An Australian mining company is saying, sorry, we lost a radioactive device somewhere over an 870-mile stretch. Wow, I don't know. These... Uh, these lanes need to be like re-oiled or something. Oiled, yeah. I can't I find the so. pocket. I know. Oh, well, you know, it's been a minute. It's been a whole week since we were on the lane, so. That's true. A little rusty. Yeah. Dusty. Yeah, so authorities are uh, coming over looking for it, but no luck yet. This radioactive capsule is eight millimeters by six millimeters. Mm -hmm. But, of course, it emits dangerous amounts of radiation, equivalent to receiving 10 x-rays in an hour. And they're worried that it might have gotten stuck on someone's tire. You know, someone driving over the roads that this transport vehicle this had driven. Literally like the fucking Simpsons intro. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah. Only something way smaller. Way smaller. I don't know, and, uh, eight millimeters by six millimeters. It's like two pez next to each other or something. About that, yeah. Can't be really that big. No, but, you know, if you're standing near it, you're getting like 10 x-rays worth of radiation in an hour and could start to get uh, 
burns on the skin and obviously cancer. It has enough to kill what percentage of the population of San Francisco. Like that's the that's the stat I want. It could kill the whole population eighteen times over, don't yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So whoopsies. Oh. They're sorry will suffice. <laughs> yeah, I forgive them already. Yeah. I'm just glad it's in Australia. Shit happens. <laughs> I think the Simpsons primed us for this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he means well. Everyone was fine in the Simpsons. Yeah. You know. It's fine. Yeah. A uh, 29-year-old enrolled herself in high school and posed as a teenager for four days before getting found out in New Jersey, of all places. They don't know why. Damn. Slippery. I gotta, like, uh, I don't know, maybe powder my hand a little bit. Gutter after gutter. Yeah. She got phone numbers, though, from certain students who helped her uh, navigate the high school. And I guess continued texting them even after her identity was found out. <laughs> so she's been barred from entering the school grounds, obviously. And the students have been advised not to talk to her. But I didn't know this in New Jersey, and maybe everywhere, but definitely in New Jersey, unaccompanied children can be immediately enrolled in public school if they show up. They just have to provide proof of identity within 30 days. So she submitted a false birth certificate. Ooh. And she didn't even have to. She could have just, you know, given him a fake identity and walked in. And I think it, providing false documents is where she's going to get into legal trouble. Yes. But Once you forge something, then it's a no-no. Yeah. So. That's a, the best, it's not legal advice, just life advice, but not legal advice, of course. But you just got to play dumb for like as long as possible, you know? Because there's always that, like, oh, I'm sorry, this is just a big misunderstanding. And then you just walk out of there, walk out, you know, you, you, if you play dumb till the last possible moment, you give yourself that ability to still walk away without really being fully committed to some bullshit or fraud or something, you know? Yeah. I just have a hard time imagining wanting to go back to high school. Right. Well, there's some warped peoples out there. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sad. <laughs> Many such cases. Oh, also sad. Illinois police are on the hunt for a man charged with stealing a funeral home van that had a body still inside of it. <sighs> oh, it was a Brooklyn strike. A little ugly, but oh. it finally hit. Yeah, he took that van for a joyride and dumped the body off on a sidewalk or something. Wow. Just said, bye, dude. Yeah. I'm taking this vehicle, can't share it with you, you stink. New wheels. So, um, the family uh, didn't find out until yesterday that, you know, the body of their loved one had been taken for a joyride and dumped. Oh, no, that sucks. So, oh, no, that sucks indeed. <laughs> yep. So, there you go. Oof. Uh, but they haven't caught him yet. He's on the run. Maybe stole another van. Can, can we get a new lane over here? I think these boards are warped or something. Every time I throw, it's all fucked up. Yeah. There we go. I think they're going to put us down on five. Okay. We'll have to move. Grab the bag. I got the baby. Okay. You get the balls. I'm going to get this pitcher over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't leave that behind. Okay. Uh, Someone who was delivering food stopped a college basketball game by wandering out onto the court looking for their customer. 
Oh, there we go. Yeah. Timeout had to be whistled as the delivery man was ushered off the court. But no one could believe their eyes. Now that is a dedicated courier. Yeah. Dang, Nabbit, I'm not looking through everyone. I know you're here. I mean, the guys on the court at least have their last names on their back. You know, you could start there. Process of elimination, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine if it was one of the players. They're dribbling <laughs> Call around. in some fucking Uber Eats while you're <laughs> sitting jerseyed up for a game. You're like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Sad. I'd do it. Again. <laughs> Yeah, but you got, do it. that delivery guy should have said, cash me outside. Hey, I got a cheesy bean and rice burrito coming at me <laughs> for my basketball game. <laughs> oh, that's a performance-enhancing drug if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Hey, maybe it was for like 33 or something. He's like, oh, there he is. Right on the court. I'll just bring it right to him. Yeah. Because I don't know what else to do with it. I'm not going to just set it down where he doesn't know. It's going to get cold. Plus, yeah. you know, you might get tipped. Yeah. It's a lot of important factors to consider. Yeah, and it's great publicity for your company. That's right. Because <laughs> now it's a national news story. No press is bad press. This dude just walked out onto the court. Yeah, this guy will stop basketball games to get you your Dell. <laughs> you need him. Uh, you need to call him, phone him next time you're hungry. He will absolutely get it to you. Well, some folks in Bangladesh should have called him when a teenager went missing this past week. Turned out, he had been playing hide-and-seek and fell asleep in a shipping container. Oh, man. That's how you win. Yeah, he woke up in Malaysia six days later. No one's going to find him there. No. No, he was... Uh, six days later. Yeah, disoriented and confused. A little bit hungry, probably? Probably, yeah. I think the Unless hunger was... and dehydration had definitely set in. But he got medical treatment and was on his way back home. They had to do an investigation first, though, to see if he was being human trafficked. Oh, sure. You know? But nope. He told him, he's like, I was just playing hide and seek. I got a good hiding spot. No doubt. That's my words. You know, I don't have a quote from the boy, but sure. it was a great spot. They didn't find him for six days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how you absolutely win. Undisputed hide and seek champ. Yeah. A Missouri farmer trapped a crazy looking cat this week. No. Turned out to be a wild African serval. Whoa. Yeah. Long way from home. Well, they're legal to own if you get a license in the show me state. I see. But this cat had been wandering around for six months and started to make a den on his property. Um, He found later like a bunch of feathers there. So he's like, oh, this cat was well fed. Whoa. Eating birds from all over the place. Uh, He brought it to the vet first and it didn't have a microchip. Which I wonder if folks do microchip their exotic pets. I don't know. I don't know either. Microchip um, and gators, that'd be kind of, I don't know. Seems tough. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the person inserting a microchip. No. Is it really asleep? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, he finally got in touch with this ranch, a 500 acre ranch uh, that is a refuge for big cats that somehow find their way over here to the show me state. Mm -hmm. And they took it. And immediately they got two phone calls from people looking for their African serval. Oh no. But it wasn't either of theirs. They just like stand on each side of the road. It's come here, come here, serval, come here, serval. <laughs> no, they got phone calls. Whoever it goes to. Yeah, right. It's not going to anyone. This is a dang wild animal. 
not a pet. Damn. You know, th- that's what they were saying. It's a really, it would be nearly impossible to domesticate these cats. They're just hunters. Damn. And they'll attack your kids and eat your other pets. Hide your kids, hide your wife. But something I found really interesting here was the backstory on this ranch that's housing them now. <laughs> it was created 30 years ago, not 33, 31, uh, when some guy, a Texas man, was on the run from the law, you know, and he had three trailers that he just parked outside and ditched. And inside of those three trailers were 42 lions and tigers. Holy moly. And I don't know why, but the ranch owner was like, well, let's take them in. And so they're watching over 400 big cats and a hundred other animals over the last 30 years. Good Lord. So what's another serval? They said they had quite a few already on the ranch. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe that cat knew. Yeah. It just wanted to go someplace where it uh, could get away from the lady wearing the crazy sweaters, petting it all the time, and trying <laughs> to put a collar around its neck, you know? <laughs> Putting it like in elf ears for Christmas photos and shit. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> A London worker is dead after being crushed by a urinal. Oh. Piece of piss. Yeah. They have these telescopic urinals in London. What? I guess, yeah, they, they're sick of people peeing on the street. So they... <laughs> okay. They, like, go underground and then lift up, is my understanding from looking at the pictures. And he was doing some maintenance work on it and somehow became trapped underneath it and crushed. Fuck that. Yeah, hell of a way to go. They have since shut down the telescopic urinals in the city. Telescopic urinals? Yeah, have People you ever heard of such a thing? People in the street that much that they had to invent this new thing? Yeah, I guess so. New York City should try it. I mean... <laughs> kind of a joke. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. Uh, getting a lot of that story where the man died. Just looking up telescoping urinals. Yeah. Second pop-up urinal shut after man crushed to death. Yep. I'd never heard of him. Incredible. I'm trying to find like a picture of one. Here's a bunch of guys gathered around a barrel. That doesn't look good. No, that was probably after the scene. Cambridge crisis. Oh, Cambridge circus. Ugh. I can't just find a picture of an actual telescopic Look on my screen. I have a picture of one that's next to the scene. It looks like a pod of some sort. Oh, yeah, an image search. you're going to get blasted off in outer space if you step in there. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Oh, so it, like, scrunches down. Oh, that just looks like a recipe for disaster. Right? But I don't see anything about other deaths. You can just whiz on a tree. This is like that too crazy nowadays? I guess so. Man's oldest urinal. It's the trees, people. Come on. Yeah. Even the Lorax knows that. (laughs) And my final story for the lanes tonight. Big news, big news. A school worker was accused of stealing 11,000 cases of chicken wings in a $1.5 million embezzlement scheme. That's right, folks. 66-year-old food service director at a school outside of Chicago started her little 
scheme up during the pandemic when students weren't in school. But I guess the district was still providing meals to families that they could come pick up. So you can't go into the school unless you're picking up food. Or maybe they met them outside. I don't know. Anyways, from July 2020 to February of 2022, she placed thousands of orders for chicken wings, which I don't know how it didn't get red flagged sooner because the school doesn't even serve chicken wings to students. Uh, it just gets lost in the masses, you know. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. I guess so. They can't serve them in school because of the bones. I don't need kids ch- choking on chicken bones. Oh, my God. Are, pe- are kids really too dumb to eat, like, bone-in chicken at school? They don't want to take the risk. <sighs> you know what I mean? This is the problem. This is part of... All right, every time anybody out there makes a, makes a decision, right... They decide to do X because some people are too dumb to handle X, right? They make this decision. They say, well, there are people that are too dumb to handle X, so therefore we won't try to do X. That makes everybody too dumb to handle X. Yeah. Over time. I hate this kind of thinking. Uh, just Me too. It gets inside my stomach and gets me all queasy. Our uh, three-year-old... Knows how to eat chicken wings off the bone. Yeah. Just fine. Actually, you know what? Our 18-month-old has also eaten chicken off the bone and yeah. been fine. You just don't eat the bone. Right. And who would want to? It's like... <laughs> but... How many thousands of millions of fucking years of evolution have we gone through to, you to know, eat chicken off the bone? I'm sure <sighs> hot dogs... And chicken nuggets are cheaper anyway, and that's part of it too. But yeah, the school started an audit and saw, wow, we're more than $300,000 over our annual budget. Hmm, where did that all go? Chicken wings. Right to the tendies, man. Yeah, I I just want to know where the wings went from there. Because 11,000 <laughs> cases of wings, that's a lot of wings. Absolutely smuggled, dude. She was selling them on the secondary wing market, man. I think so. I think so. That's a hell of a hustle, man. They were blaming bird flu. They should be blaming this lady. This lady, man. She didn't uh, happen to smuggle a bunch of eggs out there, too, huh? She might have. That's where the real money's at, you know. These days, yep. Oh, you know, you're playing the song out, but uh, I have something for end of show mix. All right, let's hear it. Like I mentioned... It was just a chill little. No, that's cool. You can intro keep it to the while end. I find it. You can keep it okay, while I find right. it. Yeah. And uh, also, it'd be appropriate, I guess, to thank all the bowlers for hanging out and listening. Yeah, thanks, bowlers. Also, saw... uh, thanks to everybody in No Agenda Nation. We had a boost stream. come in from C Dubs. Oh, good eye. 10101. That's right. He's boosting out of his Albi wallet through the podcast index itself which is a neat little trick you can do if you have an albi wallet you can go to podcastindex.org and boost shows directly out of the index craziness he was boosting that uh latest fox episode there 10101 thank you sir love that catch us friday round about noon central time 
where we will have an in-person Bowls with Buds with Sir Chris Fox of Hairball. We will send the pod ping out right when we go live so that you won't miss it. And uh, let me try to route this through. All right. We do want to end the show. We've never had an end of show mix before that was submitted. So this is kind of a first. Uh, It's a Hey Citizen original. And he calls it Selling Out. See you next Tuesday. Mayor Bowles, we're never brighter, bowlers. Citizen Wong did an internet show, and before long he found out he had to. And you're a long freaking ad read interrupting the flow. What is this nonsense they're trying to sell you? Oh, but look at all the metrics we can track. I, 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 you ought to know by now. You're stacking sats Is that all you get for your value? And it seems a degrading chore If that's what it's all about Brother, if that's cleaning up Then you're Selling out Misinformation super spreader Said he got all of his boosters From a podcasting app Instead of the medical center But it's effective And it won't give you a heart attack You ought to know by now Never question the facts Read your contract And don't worry about getting censored And it seems like you could ignore What podcasting's all about Brother, if that's cleaning up Then you're Selling out You're selling out Compromised. Is that all you get for your value? And if that's what you're hungry for, yeah, if that's what you're all about, good luck cleaning up, cause you're selling out. All gash, baby. You're selling out.